Welcome to the Biting Truth Podcast. This podcast aims to cut through all the confusion and misinformation in the nutrition space to give you up-to-date, cutting-edge nutrition advice. This episode is brought to you by our proud sponsors, Salad Servers. Before we begin, we'd like to recognize and respect that we are recording from Gurungai country. Hello and welcome to the Biting Truth Podcast. I'm Alex and with me as always is my co-host, Anna. In today's episode, we are talking all things Fiverr. Now, Fiverr is probably a word that you have heard us mention a lot on the podcast if you've been listening for a while now. But in today's episode, we're going to be focusing on the relationship between fiber and gut health. We'll also talk about what actually is fiber, why it's so important, where do we find it, how much fiber you need in your diet, and of course, touch on some of those fiber supplements that you may have seen out there. And I think it's important that we talk about fiber because in society, everyone loves to focus on protein and other nutrients, but fiber, we really want to give it the attention that it deserves. And that's what we're going to do Love in that today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Everyone's yeah. kind of protein obsessed all the time, but really most people meet their protein requirements because we find in so many foods, it's fiber that tends to be lacking. So we're going to give it the spotlight it deserves. And it is a really interesting episode. Don't be put off by fiber. And you know, some people have this view that talking about fiber is boring. We've made it super interesting for you guys. But Al, I think before we jump into the episode, we should just welcome all the new followers. We've really noticed this year that we've had a whole lot of new listens and followers to the podcast, which is really, really exciting. And we're super stoked to have you all here. But we thought maybe it would be good to give you a little bit of a rundown in terms of who Alex and I are, what the biting truth is for anyone that doesn't really know. Yeah. So welcome everybody. Anna and myself, Alex, we are the smiling duo behind the biting truth. She's grabbed that directly off our website. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. I'm not just going to read you our bio, but I love it. We're the smiling duo because we're always smiling. Um, No, but we're both accredited practicing dietitians. We studied together at Sydney Uni. We actually went to high school together, but that's a whole nother story. We weren't super close but obviously we became insane. Whenever we say that, it makes it sound like we didn't like each other. other. We we actually got along. We did science and maths together. We were nerds. But I feel like we need to kind of say that it wasn't some dream idea of two besties from the very beginning of business. (laughs) I mean, it was a dream at university, but um, anyway, yeah. So we studied together. We did our master's together at Sydney Uni and predominantly the Biting Truth. That's our company. We work in corporates. We also work in schools and we do a lot of work with different brands and brand partnership. We also run this podcast. This is season three of the podcast. So if you're brand new, make sure you go back. And I mean, I think you'll notice that it's improved each season and we're loving season three. So, And and we started the business really because Alex and I were always very aligned with our overall idea around nutrition and diet and what it means. Like we both food obsessed. So we love going out for dinner. You know, we love cooking. We talk about food a lot. And then we like, you know, the combination of that with science and really trying to relay the evidence that we were learning into practical information that you guys can actually use to improve your health and well-being. 
So, you know, that's why we started the, the Biting Truth and it's been going strong now since about 2014 or 2015. I think 2015 was a true launch. Yeah, um, the year we actually registered the business. <laughs> yeah, and it's just been such an exciting journey. We love working together and every year on year, we, we you know, we'll release new products. But yeah, we, I guess that gives you a little bit of an overview in terms of what we do. Yeah, and if you're looking for more, if you're not following us on Instagram, we're at The Biting Truth and we share loads of different infographics and reels and updates so you can follow us there and then you can check out our weekly podcast which they are because they're listening (laughs) (laughs) obviously but it drops every week if you're wondering okay so (laughs) weekly shares Al what have you got for us this week So my weekly share this week is a little shout out to our cookbook. I have been making lots of the recipes from there lately, as I mostly do. It's kind of my go-to, surprise, surprise. But this week I have made our chicken pie, which I find is just such a warming, delicious, dinner, especially here in Sydney, the weather has definitely started to get cooler. So yeah, I've just, I really enjoyed that one. I thought it was worth a share. If you have our cookbook, definitely check it out. It's That's one of the fa- my favorite recipes. Yeah. I do feel like we say that about most recipes, but, <laughs> yeah. but hands down the chicken pot pie, because it seems kind of fancy or like, you know, when you think of pie, you don't think of it as being the most simple dish, but it actually is really, really simple. We've loaded heaps of veggies in as well. So I guess it's quite a good share for this episode, really, which is all about fiber and where we get that. But it's the most warming, delicious, like hearty meal. Yeah. In my family, Ed is always stoked when I say chicken pies on the menu. Yeah. And it's a good one because you can also like, you make the pie and if it's, you're just making it for your family, there's often leftovers and, you know, you can either have it for dinner another night or there's nothing better when you can have a yummy bit of pie for lunch oh, the next day. Totally. I, re- I feel like I, I need to try doing some beef pies. I'm much more likely to make a chicken pie. Obviously that's the one we have in our cookbook, but I want to get better at doing like a slow cooked beef pie as well. Mm. Yeah. It'd be a good way to get some more red meat in the diet. <laughs> and what about you, Anna? What's your special share this week? Well, I thought it was probably about time we shared with everyone that a really exciting new partnership that we've started this year very recently. So we have teamed up with Top Juice to come on board as their dietitian advisors. And I think for anyone that doesn't know Top Juice, you, you, or you might recognize their brand. They're in a whole lot of departments, so, oh, uh, supermarket chain. No, <laughs> they're, they're not in supermarkets. They're in like, <laughs> they're in like retail. <laughs> the mall, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the food court. Where, they're Westfields in, in yeah, food courts. They're yeah. at the food courts. <laughs> not to far. Well, they, were, they did start in the David Jones food court. Yeah, that's um, true. But they are basically, you'll find them in the food courts area and they sell a whole bunch of like fruit and vegetable juices. They have salads. They have like smoothies. Yeah, they have little snacks like bliss balls. They have like those like chocolate dipped strawberries. They have lots of different things, like a lot of fresh fruit and veggies. All fresh, yeah. wholesome produce. Yeah. And I think what's really exciting is that they contacted us because they're basically looking to further support their customers to improve the health, the nutrition side of all of their products, to expand their products, to educate, inspire, all these things. And we love companies who have that as their mission. And they were looking for, you know, qualified experts to come on board. Hence why they got the writing truth. Um, yeah. So it's very exciting. We're going to be helping with like new product development, with making sure that the claims they're making up to date and appropriate. We're also going to be helping with creating online content, with training their franchisees and yeah, lots of exciting things happening. 
we're really excited to share more. Yeah, so make space. sure you pop on over to Top Juice because you might see us on there a little bit more this year now, but not really, really excited about that new partnership. Alrighty, well, let's dive into the episode now. And we thought we should actually start by talking about gut health and what actually is gut health. I think it's a term that's thrown out there a lot, you know, has been for a while now. It's definitely a buzzword, gut health. Everyone likes it, which is good. What does it actually mean when we say gut health? Yeah. So when we talk about gut health, we're talking about the functioning of our entire gastrointestinal system, which you might hear us referred to as a a GIT tract. And it includes basically, you know, all the way from your esophagus into your stomach, small intestine, large intestine, and even your rectum. And essentially, when we look at our gastrointestinal tract, it is brimming with trillions of bacteria, fungi, yeast, parasites. And we often think of these as being bad things, but actually we can't live without them. Most of the time they they have a lot of, of benefits to human health. But particularly when we're talking about gut health, we're referring to the bacteria and we're really kind of honing in on that large intestine or large bowel. That's sort of, they're the two words that you'll use, you'll hear referred to when we're talking about gut health. So that's sort of what gut health is really about. And it really looks at that balance of bacteria, which we sometimes call the gut microbiota. And it looks at the various functions of of our gut and and how the bacterial microorganisms sort of interact with it. Yeah. And ideally we want to have more like healthy bacteria in our gut microbiome. That's sort of going to be an indicator of a healthy gut if we're having more healthy bacteria versus unhealthy bacteria. Yeah, absolutely. And why does the health of our gut actually matter? Like what is the obsession with gut health at the moment? Why should people pay attention to it? Yeah. And I guess we're learning more and more about this where we know a lot, but we're still in the very early days of understanding the gut and its impact on our health. But we do know that the gut does play a really critical role in our overall health and well-being. So, yeah, and not just in the way of like digesting and absorbing yeah, nutrients, which, which we've known for ages. And that's obviously a very important role, but yeah. it has a whole lot of more functions. Yeah. When you think about, you know, the digestive system, you think, yeah, it digests and absorbs our food, which is obviously a huge important role, but our gut plays a role in things like our immunity. So 70% of our immune cells actually live inside our gut. So if we want to have a strong immune system, then we have to make sure that we're looking after our gut because our gut bacteria are essentially training those immune cells and making sure that they're strong and really healthy. Yeah. And new research is also really looking at that connection between gut health and mental health. And you may have heard of the gut brain axes. That's sort of like our gut and our brain are in constant communication all day, every day, best friends, constantly sending messages to each other. And it's a really complex system. And we're not going to go into the gut brain axes in detail today, although we might in future episodes. But I think the easiest example of understanding that is if you think about if you've you know, had something coming up that you're nervous about or you're anxious, you often do feel you get those butterflies in your gut or maybe you do a nervous poo. And that's just a clear way of understanding that direct link that how we feel mentally has such a strong impact on how our gut feels. And vice versa, you know, the health of your gut actually influences your mental health as well. So it's not just our brain influencing our gut. It's that sort of two-way street and that's why they call it the gut-brain axis. And a healthy gut is thought to promote positive mental health and reduce the risk of conditions like anxiety and depression. So again, I think the research in gut health is really exciting. There's still a long way to go, but it's definitely something we recommend and we're watching it closely and we recommend everyone sort of continues to do so. Yeah. And so they're just a couple of reasons, I guess, why our gut health is so important. But when it comes to eating for a healthy gut, 
again, there are so many things that we could talk about and, you know, we could go on and on. And we do have a few episodes we've done in the past about gut health, which we'll kind of talk about some of these tips around probiotics and, and prebiotics and things. But yeah, but specifically, as we mentioned in today's episode, we want to focus on fiber and really understand why fiber is so important. Because I think when most of us think about fiber, we kind of know it's important for bowels and got some idea around there, but it really has such important roles specifically with our gut, but, but other areas of our health too, which we're going to go into. Yeah, perfect. So let's start with the basics in terms of chatting about what fiber actually is. Yeah. So fiber is essentially a carbohydrate found in plant foods. And what's interesting about fiber is that humans don't actually contain the digestive enzymes to break it down. So fiber moves through the gastrointestinal system undigested and unabsorbed until it reaches the large intestine. And this is where our gut bacteria live. So fiber acts as fuel for our gut bacteria. And then when they break it down, they produce beneficial byproducts. Mm, Okay. So like unlike other nutrients that are absorbed in the small intestine, fiber is not. And that's why it's such a miracle nutrient because it continues to go into our large intestine and that's where it's really powerful benefit is. Yeah. It really has a wham, bam, amazing effect down there. And what's quite interesting about fiber is even though we often think of it as being this singular nutrient, there's actually loads of different types of fiber and they each have unique properties that influence how they behave in the gut. Now, we're not going to go into detail really in in terms of all the different types of fiber because you don't really need to know that. All you need to know really is where you find it and how much you should be having. But you may have heard of words like inulin or beta-glucans or cellulose. You may have heard of soluble fiber, insoluble fiber, prebiotic fibers. So the basic message we're getting across here is that you may hear about these words, but you don't need to pay too much attention to them. Yeah. What's most important is that you're eating a range of different plant foods because by doing that, that's going to be the best way to ensure that you're getting a range of different fibers in your diet. And that's going to lead to a more diverse gut microbiome. Okay. So where do people actually find fiber in terms of food sources? Yep. So fiber is basically found in anything that comes from a plant. So we're talking things like fruit, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, nuts, seeds. So loads of foods. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we find it in a lot of these foods and we really just need to work out how we can get these into our diets regularly so we're actually hitting the amount we need and we are going to go through that. But what is really the connection between fiber and gut health? Why do we keep hearing about fiber in the context of gut health? Yeah, and it sort of is what we explained before, the fact that fiber goes undigested all the way through our digestive system, gets to the gut, and it's actually food for our gut bacteria. So it's feeding them and keeping them alive and keeping them flourishing. And when they break it down, they're producing these special byproducts that have some great benefits for our body. Okay, so in terms of fiber and gut health, there's two main things. One is the fact that they're food for our living bacteria, our probiotics, and the other one is actually really around that, you know, bowel movement, bowel, bowel health. Eating fiber helps to prevent constipation. It also helps to prevent diarrhea. So it kind of acts on both ends of the spectrum there. And that's because different types of fibers have different roles, but they really add, help to add bulk to the stool. And as long as you have fiber in addition to water, it helps, you know, move things along. So often people that have trouble when it, when it comes to going to the bathroom or experience constipation regularly, very often it's because they have a really low fiber diet. So they're, I guess, two key roles that fiber plays in terms of gut health. 
Alrighty, Anna, let's take a short break now to mention our podcast sponsors. And when we return, we're going to be looking at some of the other benefits of eating fiber, exactly how much fiber you should be having. And we'll also explore some fiber supplements. Do you struggle to prepare healthy lunches and dinners throughout the week? If so, check out Salad Servers. They sell a range of healthy and delicious pre-made salads, soups and meals to help take the stress out of mealtimes. You can purchase them directly from the Salad Servers website or buy at your local supermarket. Anna and I are huge fans of their salads and we regularly order them when we have busy weeks to make sure that we can still prioritise our health. In addition to some of these gut health benefits of eating fibre, there are actually other benefits of having a high fibre diet that we thought we might just touch on as well in this episode. So eating a fibre-rich diet can also actually help reduce the risk of many chronic diseases, things like heart disease, diabetes, obesity. So a high fibre diet is, is thought to promote a healthy weight. It's also linked to a lower risk of developing colorectal cancers. And that's all around, you know, promoting that growth of beneficial bacteria, which can protect us against certain types of cancers. And interestingly, a certain type of fiber has been shown to have a, an important link in helping to reduce cholesterol levels. And that's because fiber forms a thick gel in the gut, which can help reduce the absorption of cholesterol in the body. Yeah, so, so fiber kind of binds to cholesterol, doesn't it? And that's often why you'll hear things like eating more fruits and vegetables are good for people with high cholesterol or eating something like oats because it contains a type of fiber called beta-glucan, which can help absorb some of that cholesterol in the body. Yeah, absolutely. For a lot of my clients that have high cholesterol levels, which is very common, high cholesterol levels is something that we see. We, and I feel like I'm seeing more and more of them. A high fiber diet will be one of the you know top things we really focus on. Yeah. And we're working on a little side project for our high cholesterol clients. And some of you may be interested. We'll be ready to share that with you in the next few weeks, I think. All right. So now we've spoken about why we need fiber, why it's so important, but how much fiber do you actually need to get these benefits? Great question. So mm -hmm. the recommended daily intake of fiber for adults is around 25 to 30 grams per day. And essentially, we're going to get this by eating high fiber foods. Now, this will differ slightly, you know, depending on your age, sex, you know, physical activity. Kids obviously have a lower requirement. Pregnant women might have a higher requirement. But on average, we're sort of aiming for that 25 to 30 grams of fiber a day. And to put this in perspective, most of your sort of fruit and veggies that you consume, if you're having one serve of it, you're usually going to get between one and five grams of fiber per serving of that vegetable. So one banana has roughly sort of three grams of fiber. A serving of whole grain cereal has around 4.5 grams of fiber. Half a cup of spinach also, that's a quite a high fiber food. Spinach has around four and a half grams of, of fiber. So you can see that it is quite possible to have reached these, these 25 to 30 grams of fiber. And that's just, you know, an average. If you're going over that, then great work. Yeah, That's awesome. Gold star for you. Definitely not the max that you can have, but really in order to achieve that, we really need to make sure that we're having sort of that half the plate fruit or veggies at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We want to be choosing high fiber grains. So your whole grains really, when it comes to cereals and breads, wraps, and ideally even getting a little bit of fiber in at snack time as well. 
Yeah. So you can see, yeah, you've got to, you have to sort of have a considered approach with your diet in order to achieve it. But if you are thinking about it, then it, then it isn't too hard to hit that target. Something that we also recommend is try and think about variety of fiber rich foods in your diet. So remember that fiber is the food for our gut bacteria. And if we're always eating the same types of fiber, then, you know, that's only going to appeal to a certain number of species of our gut bacteria. So diversity is key, mixing it up as much as you can, even different colors of fruits and veggies. You know, there's a reason that we learn from when we're in kindergarten that we should be eating a rainbow with your weekly shops each week, swap from a red capsicum to a green capsicum. Although we've had this conversation before on our podcast and we know that who actually likes Maybe you swap from a, a red apple to a green apple. Yeah, that, let's start with that one. Or even a red capsicum to like an orange capsicum. They're not too bad. I feel like red capsicum is <laughs> the only way to go. Come on. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not very We did have, we, we did this on Instagram, a poll after our last conversation and then people really came out of the woodwork defending the green capsicums. Green? Yeah. Wow. They just said they get whatever's on special and use them in cooking, which is, yeah, a good way to go I guess in a stir fry or something, if you're eating it raw, a bit different, (laughs) but if you're cooking it. But some other ways that you can easily add extra fiber to your diet, if you're someone that's listening to this thinking, yeah, I definitely don't get enough fiber, or maybe if you're someone that experiences constipation, here are some other sort of ideas you might look to add a teaspoon of linseed or LSA um, or say chia seeds or nuts to your breakfast cereal. So that also adds, you know, a healthy source of fats, but you're getting some of like that that's really rich in fiber, those sort of um, toppings. Choosing whole meal or, whole, or better yet, actually whole grain breads over the more refined options. You can also get wholemeal pasta and things. We've kind of really, you know, driven home the point, like snacking on fruits, veggies, nuts. But another really good way to get more fiber in and something that we always recommend to our clients is try to get some legumes into the diet. Now, you know, having something like hummus as a snack is a way to get chickpeas, which is a type of legume in. But also, ideally, you want to be adding legumes to meals that you're already cooking. So, you know, if you cook Mexican meals or spaghetti bolognese or soups or curries or whatever it is, think about how you could add a can of lentils in or a can of chickpeas or cannellini beans, because that really helps helps to ramp up the fiber. Yeah. And I think if you're listening to this and you are sort of reflecting on your diet and, you know, maybe you feel like you have a lower fiber diet, then ease into it. You don't want to bombard your body, suddenly switch from low to really high fiber diet because no, 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 no. (laughs) You probably will feel a bit uncomfortable. So just ease into it, start off slow and gradually increase it. You might be a bit smelly to be around, <laughs> but no, gas from eating high fiber diets is very normal and your body does become accustomed to it, but you know, you just got to slowly increase it with water. This is a word of warning. You heard it. <laughs> Alrighty. Let's talk about fiber supplements now. There's so many different fiber supplements out there. I think everyone's probably heard of Metamucil, which is basically a fiber supplement that's made from psyllium psyllium husk. There's also different green powders. We're not going to go through them all, but there's lots of different options that are promoted as these high fiber supplements. Yeah. And they definitely play a role. Like I think that there's some really great high fiber supplements out there. And for certain individuals, they can really help them meet their requirements. Or if you are suffering chronic constipation or something, maybe that will help 
and your doctor may have recommended it or pharmacist or dietitian. And by all means, we'd, we'd recommend following that advice. But as always, we're going to recommend you to try to get fiber from food. And that's just because when you eat the fiber, when the fiber is coming from food, you're not just getting fiber. You're also getting a whole bunch of other important vitamins, minerals, antioxidants that our bodies need. So you're really getting more bang for your buck when you eat real foods as opposed to going for a fiber supplement. Yeah. And I think this just reminded me because we do get some questions. We also do a bit of work in the kids space and, you know, parents worry that kids aren't eating veggies. Should they be offering them a green powder or putting greens in their smoothie? And sure, you could put some greens powder in your child's smoothie, but that's not going to change their relationship or their behavior around eating vegetables. So you do want to make sure you just keep offering them. And I guess remembering that fruits as well as vegetables are a great source of fiber. You know, fruit has a very similar profile to vegetables in terms of nutrition. So if your child's eating fruit, then we still want to be offering and encourage them to eating vegetables, but you can take a bit of that pressure off and then you still know they're getting fiber in their diet and also focusing on other whole grain choices. So yeah, I just wanted to add that in while we're on the topic. Yeah. And it's about making those small little steps. You don't need to, you know, finish listening to this episode and go and ramp it up at every meal, but you might just focus on breakfast and think, how could I just add one more type of fiber to this breakfast that I'm having to help you meet your daily recommendations. But yeah, if you are looking for a fiber supplement, it is important to select a supplement that's safe and effective. And, you know, ideally we want to avoid ones that have added sugars or artificial ingredients and really try to start with a small dose. And usually on the supplement, it will, you know, give recommendations around dosage, but like including fiber from food, when you're having a fiber supplement, you really want to gradually increase that dose over time and drink plenty of water to prevent any of those unwanted side effects that can come when you just ramp up fiber. And believe me, Alex (laughs) and I have seen a lot of people do this, which is with all the best intentions, but you will just feel that discomfort. So take it slowly. And again, if you're going to take some any sort of supplement, and we really mean this, rather than just going in and sort of purchasing a supplement that a friend's recommended or, you know, a, a colleague or something, talk to a doctor, talk to a dietitian, get one that is suited to your needs. It's going to be safe, appropriate, and it's the best way for you to do it. Exactly. Said it very well. Alrighty, let's finish up with this episode, guys. We hope that you have found it interesting and that you now feel confident in why fiber is so important for you and your body, remembering that it plays a crucial role in our gut health. We hope that you leave with some ideas on how you can increase fiber in your diet and you are ready to hit that target of between 25 and 30 grams of fiber a day. Okay, finally, before we wrap up, I just wanted to quickly mention the Biting Truth cookbook as we did refer to it earlier on and it's also such a great way to actually boost the fiber in your diet. The Biting Truth cookbook comes in both hard cover and digital format and it essentially just has a range of delicious, healthy, high fiber, high fiber recipes. We actually have an entire section that is vegetarian as well. So we're including things like legumes in there and tofu, all these really high fiber plant-based foods. So if you need a little bit of help coming up with some recipe inspiration, then we'd highly recommend that you check that out. The link to our shop page where you'll find that is in the show notes. But thank you all for listening to this episode and we'll be back in your ears next week. Bye. Bye.